Thank you for downloading the audio portion of the Everett Lee Show. Before we get on to the guest today that's on the program, there's a few things I want to mention that will help support the Everett Lee Show. And of course, it will help Everett Lee out. You'll help support my ass out right up front here on this podcast. It will just show that you really care. Let me go ahead and mention that, and then you can enjoy this audio portion of the Everett Lee Show. If you're looking to start a podcast and already have a podcast and you're looking for an affordable podcasting hosting site, Podbeam is your number one choice. Podbeam offers statistics with in-depth analytics to manage your podcast needs. Use the promo code podbeam.com slash pbsignup and get a free month off. That's podbeam.com slash pbsignup to get a free month off and see why 1,500 episodes have been shared all over the world in the past 11 years with over 3,000 subscribers that have chose Podbeam as their number one hosting site. And if you're looking to get into advertising, Podbeam advertising, you'll get $100 off advertising when you sign up as a sponsorship over on podbeam.com slash pro slash PB sign up. That's podbeam.com slash pro slash PB sign up. Since 1995, HighSpots.com has grown to be the company it is by serving the wrestling fans throughout the world with a great selection of merchandise. HighSpots.com has everything a wrestling fan could want, including the latest WWE and TNA releases, classic wrestling merchandise, and their HighSpots.com exclusive releases. HighSpots.com is the leading online retailer for professional wrestling and mixed martial arts offering autographs figures, DVDs, apparel, wrestling gear, and even wrestling rings. Their largest clients include WWE, Impact Wrestling, ROH, and AEW. Click on the High Spots logo on the Everett Lee Show page over on podcast.net to order. Whether you are a wrestling fan, pro wrestler, or promoter, you can find what you're looking for at highspots.com. Podcast City Network. You're listening to the Everest Lee Show. Welcome to the Everett Lee Show. I'm the Everett Lee. I want to give a quick shout out to everyone that follows my social media and of course Podcast City Network, the official host of the Everett Lee Show. Today on the program, my guest is responsible for the editing of FGW Shockwave, Future Great Wrestling. You can catch FGW Shockwave every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Future Great Wrestling's YouTube channel. I'm gonna welcome wanna welcome to the program today, Michael Neary. How you doing there? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Before we started recording here, I was talking about the the display you have in the back there that you've had time to organize and get everything situated since we've been on lockdown since this Mm COVID-19 what else you've been doing with your time oh uh, I have a tendency to uh, get involved in a lot of different things Um, I don't do idle very well (laughs) so you know I'm an educator by trade and so you know uh, doing a lot of remote learning and distance learning and stuff with my students um, you know and just kind of keeping track of grades and making sure they're doing okay and everything else like that and then um, you know obviously we can't do um, you know new matches and stuff like that for FGW so um, I've been trying to put together, you know, the best of matches and things like that that we do each week, um, you know, and, and putting those together. So that takes up a little bit of time. And then I just do all kinds of different stuff between gardening and woodworking and everything else. Like I just, I don't sit still. And so it's been, uh, it's been a trying uh, couple months for sure. But, you know, at least everybody in my immediate vicinity is healthy and safe. And that's what matters most of all. That's, that's good. Keeping keeping your time occupied, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot a lot of people have been doing stuff to occupy their time. I know mm-hmm. I've been busy here with talking with a lot of talent here mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, especially with FGW talent. I've been talking mm-hmm. with them and just everybody in between that I've had on the uh, had on the show here. But <clears throat> everyone 
when I've when I've talked to everyone about FGW, all the talent and stuff, and they've always when I talk about how I like how everything's put together, they they've mentioned you off when I've talked to them off camera, and off off the record, they'd, your name would come up, and I I said I think I was talking to Harley or I forgot who I was talking to, but they said. They said he's responsible for how FGW is put together. He would be someone that you you can talk to. And mm-hmm. I said, all right. So pretty much made this happen here today. And with the information and stuff that we were talking before we did this today, you 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 mentioned that you teach. What what do you mm-hmm. what do you teach? Yeah, so I've been uh, teaching for the past 20 years. Um, I'm actually an English teacher by trade, and then um, about eight years ago, um, the school I work at, uh, Hamilton High School, um, you know, they decided to do a media program and uh, uh, asked me to help run that with another teacher, and so I've been doing that for the last few years. Um, You know, we do uh, daily announcements for the school, weekly announcements, interviews, different things like that, you know, just cover sporting events, athletics, different things, you know, just basically the idea is to try to control, you know, our message and try to market our school because there's so much good stuff going on, Um, just trying to promote some of that stuff and everything else like that. So, um, you know, so I have, you know, just a little bit of media background. I'm not formally trained in any way, shape or form, you know, never went to school for it. No degrees, no classes, no nothing. It just kind of uh, learn on the fly and problem solve, you know, on the fly as we do it. So that's that's the best i think that's the best way to do it just mm-hmm. do it right on the fly there mm-hmm. i've been i've been messing with with audio and video since 2005 i've been mm-hmm. messing with different different programs mm-hmm. that that was around back then i think some of it's still around i'm not sure mm-hmm. i've not mm-hmm. went back to see and right. One of the programs I, I use, even still to this day, is Audacity when I mm-hmm. edit my podcast because I've I've always used it and for like an open source program, it's it's pretty damn good. It's pretty amazing, and you know I I tell this to my kids all the time. It's the even in the time that we've started media, you know, like the things that we could do then versus what we could do now is so vastly different. And the expense, I mean, the fact of the matter is there is so much open source and free software out there that would have cost hundreds of dollars even, you know, five years ago, six years ago. And, you know, some of my kids use Audacity from time to time. They'll come in and say, hey, I cut this, you know, track last night or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, like that's awesome. And so that's one of the things I love about the, you know, teaching media is there's so many different kids and people from so many different walks of life and it intersects with so many different things that, um, you know, like you can find a common ground within, you know, that kind of arena. And so, you know, it's like different pieces of software, different skill sets, everything else like that comes together to put these productions together and everybody has their strengths and everybody has their things that they like to do and are good with and then their weaknesses and they want to stay away from and it's it's kind of cool because you get to work with so many, you know, different kinds of people doing different kinds of things and you know, it's just fun, you know, and I'm sure, you know, like you get into something like Audacity or something like Premiere or Final Cut Pro or whatever you're using. And yeah. three hours later, you're like, oh, wow, where did the time go? It's just you know, <laughs> straight disappeared. So, you know, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that that usually that usually happens to me. I the video software I use Sony Vegas Pro. Mm-hmm. I use mm-hmm. that. And when I'm throwing little little videos and stuff together, mm-hmm. I the time just just goes just goes away like quick mm-hmm. because it feels right. like I'm just sitting here for 15 minutes. <laughs> three two three hours go by. It's like where the heck did the time go, man? Right. <laughs> yeah, and you definitely got to prioritize. You know, I found myself getting you know trapped down a rabbit hole where you're trying to get you know one little thing working exactly like you want. It's like is anybody even going to notice that that's actually how it is? You know, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, you, sometimes you just have to kind of cut your losses and say, all right, I, it's good enough for now. Otherwise, you know, you'll just, you'll never leave the computer screen. So, yeah, that's, that's true. I've even had, I've even had nights where I've actually fell asleep right here. <laughs> something. I kid you not. I've, I was just trying to get something done one night mm-hmm. and I was working on something and I got that done and I said, well, you know what? I'm going to move on doing this. 
So mm-hmm. I went on to move on to do my other thing. While I'm sitting there doing my other thing, it's I was just I'm so tired. I even mm-hmm. like just was down like this with my head, and then all of a sudden I just doze off. And mm-hmm. I did you not one night I my head bounced <laughs> off this desk, <laughs> woke me up. Right. I did not know where the heck I was at here for a minute. And dollars yeah, I've done there. the same. Yeah, rendering rendering is not my friend sometimes, and you know, and I usually work on shockwave early mornings and things like that before you know the day gets going. And so if it's like five thirty six in the morning and I'm working on editing, and then I start to render something, I'm like, oh, I'll wait for it to get done, and then before you know it, I'm out, and you know, I hear the the uh, notification that it's done or whatever, and it's a half hour, forty five minutes later or something like that. So yeah, yeah, I would I would say it does it does take some time to throw something together because mm-hmm. when I, I've had projects before, I don't know if you've ever had this before, you you get an idea in your head. Okay, I, I, this is how I'm picturing it. But then when mm-hmm. you start laying it out and you start kind of getting into it and then when you mm-hmm. look at it and you say to yourself, this ain't, this is not like how I imagine it. Mm-hmm. You ever, you ever mm-hmm. had those problems before? Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, there's a couple different ways to, that I'd tackle that a little bit. A lot of times when I'm designing something, whether it's like, you know, the cover for cold blooded or origins Two, or if I'm looking at like, you know, a show title, you know, for shockwave or something like that. Like if I start from scratch, like I've already lost the battle because there's so many ideas and there's so many things that you can do. Um, you know, you'll just get lost and it's never going to like kind of create your vision. So I usually try to find some sort of like pattern or template or inspiration or something like that. And then obviously you add your own, you know, kind of like design to it and your own feel for it. Um, but you at least use that for like a marker. So like, for example, with cold blooded, um, I use the, I want to say it was, it was WrestleMania logo. I think it was WrestleMania 24. I used that as the starter. And then if, but if you look at the cold blooded logo, I mean, it, there's some similarities, but it's extremely different, but at least it gives you a starting point because right. otherwise I'll start with something. I'm like, Oh, I want to do this. And then, if it doesn't turn out exactly what you want, like either you're disappointed or you want to scrap it or something like that or, you know, whatever. So I, I find like starting with it, it's somebody else's idea or kind of like a framework or a template um, has really been kind of like my go-to strategy for stuff like that because um, I can usually pretty get, pretty much get it close. So like if one of the guys has an idea like I want to do this for my promo or I want to do this for a t-shirt design or I want to do this for you know a match or whatever, what do you think about this? It's like fine, show me what your inspiration is and then we can kind of go from that because it's a heck of a lot easier to do that than trying to start from scratch, you know. Yeah, yeah. It it be, using templates. I've I've using templates of an idea mm-hmm. that I would see, mm-hmm. and then I just build off of that, and mm-hmm. then I just go in some crazy direction there. Right. And then sometimes it works, and sometimes it mm-hmm. don't. And I'm like, damn, back to the drawing right. board. <laughs> yeah, I hate losing that time, and I know when I'm teaching my kids, they hate losing that time, and they get real frustrated. But you know, I always look at it as like. You have to have those things, and then the next you're learning something, even if it ends up being a failure, and you have to scrap it or delete it or whatever. There's something, a lesson you learned, or what not to do, or something that you learn how to do faster for the next time you go and do it. Because I found that so many things that I know. I have gaps in my knowledge, but so many things that I know, I only know because I need it in that moment. And then I forget it. And then like six months later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done something like that before. And you can kind of go back. But there's so much stuff you can do that it's so easy to forget that something's even a possibility that you could do it like that. And, um, you know, and there's so many different like tips and tricks and everything else like that. Like I'm definitely watching tutorial videos on a constant basis and, you know, just trying different things and trying to see what works and what doesn't. And, um, you know, that's half the fun, but it's also pain in the butt sometimes for sure. Yeah. It's with the video editing or with videos like mm-hmm. on YouTube and stuff for video mm-hmm. editing. Mm-hmm. If, I, I'm always hitting YouTube up when when mm-hmm. I was trying to get down how to do live streaming. Mm-hmm. Like when when face when Facebook Live first came out with their live streaming, mm-hmm. I because it was all on the uh, on on phones and it, mm-hmm. you could do it on a PC. 
So when I found out about that after when it was around 2016, after I first relaunched relaunched my uh, show here, I looked into it and I just started looking at the uh, tutorials and everything and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and when I got everything like down, and then mm-hmm. when I did try to do the first one, it failed because there was something that the someone always forgot to mention. There's always that mm-hmm. one little thing that makes mm-hmm. a difference, and it was something mm-hmm. in the audio settings where mm-hmm. because I was getting this big bad like echo coming back, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where is this coming from? I'm looking all over the place, and then finally I went into the sound there, and I was like, well, what's the sound settings look like? And then when I pulled mm-hmm. it up there. All of a sudden, it was the web browser. It was causing mm-hmm. echo, so I had to mute that and run everything <laughs> in through the streaming software. And, and none of the video tutorials mentioned mentioned mm-hmm. it. And I was like, yeah. I don't know why they've done that. Have mm-hmm. you have you ever come across watching a tutorial yourself and you and you go along? Okay, this is how you do it, and then they don't mention that one little thing. Has well, that ever happened to you? Oh, for sure, all the time. I mean, just because, like I said, I, I'm not, you know, I started kind of late, obviously, with a lot of this stuff, and so, you know, I'd watch a tutorial for a specific thing that I'm doing. Like, I love watching um, Andrew Kramer's um, do tutorials on VideoCopilot.net, and it's all After Effects, Adobe After Effects based, and he started kind of from scratch and and really grew into it. You know, one of the best there is as far as Adobe is concerned. Um, but I'll watch his tutorials and he'll be like, okay, and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And I don't even know how to do the first thing. And he's already on step three and I'm having to figure <laughs> out step one. And it's, so, and, you know, cause he just does it so quickly and so fluidly cause he's just used to doing that thing that I find myself having to stop and start the video constantly just because it's like, all right, we're going to create a null object. And so I remember when I first like, okay, well what's a null object. And it's just this new vocabulary and terminology that it's like, you know, I never understand what it what that is and what it's supposed to do. And then I tell my kids, you know, like, hey, you got to create a null object. I'm like, what's well, a null object? I'm like, how do you not know what a null object was? And then like three years ago, I had no idea what a null object was. So it's one of those things. It's like, it's just such a different world and d- such a different skill set that I mean that happens in every single video that um, you know I find myself watching. Is there's something that they've probably been doing everything they do with their workflow like everybody has a different workflow and i'm sure there's better ways to do what i do and i'm sure there's faster ways to do you know shockwave and edit shockwave or do graphics or whatever but this is what works for me and so i do it that way and what i do i you know somebody else could watch me do it and like i didn't know you could do that like how did you not know you could do that that's the way you do it you know but everybody just kind of does their own thing and you know, it usually works out fairly similarly. So, you know, I'm sure if, if I went and saw, you know, what some of the other federations and organizations were doing as far as their video is concerned, I would probably be blown away by some of what they're doing. And then they'd come and see me and they'd be blown away by what we're doing. You know, it's kind of like, it's interesting how that give and take and we're all looking at the same goal with, you know, different equipment strategies and everything else like that. So, yeah, that's, it it's amazing to see what what other other federations and stuff do for like their videos but mm-hmm. like 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 for example the opening of shockwave mm-hmm. i i love that i love how mm-hmm. that has come together and stuff mm-hmm. what um what what idea that you had to use that you got or so, gathered yeah yeah so going back to um you know videocopilot.net you know they sell um 3d software um you know uh, called element 3d and you know that's something i actually purchased um a few years ago because i do the video board graphics at the uh, high school so um you know so i wanted it for that for doing 3d text and 3d imaging and things like that and so um you know, I had it for a couple years and played around with it and did some stuff with it. And then, um, so really, when I'm doing something like the Shockwave title, that just comes from what tools do I have at my disposal and how do I know how to use those tools? So, like, I've had Element for, I don't know, probably three years or so, and I've barely scratched the surface for how to use it. So, it's kind of like, what model packs do I have? Um, you know, what... Um, texture packs do I have, you know, what can I play around with? And then 
I very I I kind of have barely touched the surface of like camera movement and doing stuff within you know Adobe After Effects and stuff. So it's kind of like you know what can I do and and how well can I do it kind of thing. And so um, it really that just kind of came together where it's like all right I need a title. How long does it need to be? What's the best tool for the job? And then you know what do I know, you know, and you just kind of put it together. And so, you know, one of the things I've been doing during stay at home is, is reworking some of those things and retweaking some of those things and stuff like that, because, you know, I, I love this title sequence and everything. Um, you know, but like, even in this short time that we've been doing shockwave, you know, my skills have grown and my knowledge has grown and, you know, my idea of what it should be or could be and that kind of thing has grown. And so, you know, always changing things and, you know, like with the lower thirds and things like that, you know, um, um, what's the most efficient thing to do? What's the uh, what's the easiest thing to do from week to week? So you don't have to constantly change it and do things like that. What looks good regardless of what you know, whether they're in the ring or you know doing their entrance and stuff like that. You know, trying to play around with those things. Um, but then also giving each person a little bit of character too. Um, you know, so that it's not just exactly the same regardless of wrestler or whatever. So yeah, that's that's amazing. I I like that. And like effect packs and stuff, mm -hmm. they they got so many that mm -hmm. are just amazing. And when I when I was doing my own in when I make my own intros, mm -hmm. one of my old intros, I took a couple of effect packs and I stacked it on top of each other, and it came up with mm -hmm. this cr creation. And mm -hmm. and it and it worked. And I I said to myself, I said. This is pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna roll with this one right here because mm -hmm. it's just it's amazing what you can do with the effect packs when mm -hmm. you just add stuff together. It's right. Oh, it's it's unreal. And I've I've looked at like I'm not real big into sound. Um, I've I've dabbled a little bit here and there, but you know, watching how some people like recreate special effects and audio effects and things like you look at like something like Final Cut Pro or even Audacity or something. If like you take this sound and then slow it down to this and then do this and then you get this whole different. And it's like, how did you even know to even like try to do that? And it's kind of this this random combination, you know, and recipes of things that you just wouldn't think would go together and then all of a sudden it turns out like amazing and like okay like, i guess i'll go with it you know so but yeah it's i mean like i when i was growing up you, you know we used to do videos and stuff for fun on camcorders and things and you know th back in those days you still had to like physically cut the tape and you know splice it together and do things like that and and or you know record from one vcr to another and that kind of stuff so you know when i first started doing this again you know and mid 2000 like 2010 12 maybe 2013 i was like floored by the uh, the advancements and the entry points like you can do amazing videos and have absolutely no idea what you're doing it's gotten you know that simple the the entry point for how to do a lot of this stuff's really really impressive so mm -hmm. yeah it's it it is an impressive it is impressive how much technology has come and mm -hmm. what what you can actually do and mm -hmm. yeah it, it is amazing when you're looking at someone doing something and they said well you do it like this and you get this effect here and mm -hmm. i'm in i'm in all too like mm -hmm. well, how the heck did you figure that out and mm -hmm. then you apply it and i've also found stuff out accidentally when i was making a couple of uh graphics mm -hmm. for, for the Everett Lee show, I was messing around with a um, with a PNG file of myself, and mm -hmm. I was trying to brighten it up, bring it because it seemed a little bit dark, but it was, it was such mm -hmm. a good picture. So I was sitting there messing with the effects, trying to bring it up, and then mm -hmm. I actually found out about uh, the threshold effect to make it mm -hmm. black and white. Mm -hmm. And as I, I said, man, this looks good. So mm -hmm. I, it was actually it was a picture of me and Chris Carnage. So I. Mm -hmm used a threshold to make it look like black and white kind of mm -hmm. effect like i have on my profile picture so i sent it to him he said dude how, how'd you do that i said by accident man by accident he's like right. wow and well and yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but like you know and then you talk to somebody that does like screen printing or something for a living and they do that all the time because once you make it into black and white then you can you know create a silhouette for it and do screen printing with it and everything else like that so it's it's interesting how many different 
you know, things kind of come together and different things are used by different people for different purposes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's amazing. I've had like doing, doing stuff for FGW shockwave. Have mm-hmm. you, have you worked on something before and you're trying to get it a certain way? And then all of a sudden by accident, you find out something that's like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to keep this or use this later. Yeah, um, there's been time like usually I wish I did this better um, early on, um, but just, you know, like from an editing standpoint, like keeping track of, um, you know, different highlights and keeping track of different moments and different matches and things like that. Um, I wish I had done a better job of doing that, um, you know, but one, you know, like as far as. Think I keep all the raw footage um, that we have from all the shows, but then I also keep all the edited stuff too, um, just so I don't have to recut it if I don't have to. Right. Um, you know, when we first started, you know, the idea was always to kind of start a show um, and put it up on YouTube or you know whatever service you know we could. Um, but at first, it was really more of like a training thing for for the wrestlers. Honestly, like we were just you know i would film the stuff there was no commentary it was just like hard cams you know just kind of stabilized or whatever and then um you know just kind of having fun with it just to kind of have a record of the matches and then you know they could go back and watch it and stuff like that um you know and then when we when we started talking about the fact that we wanted to do a show and stuff then it was kind of like you know well what would work best and how would we do this you know like when i first started doing like the the ringside camera that was a huge step because I had no desire to be ringside, <laughs> um, you know, because I just did not, first of all, I, I didn't want anybody to get hurt because I was there. Like, I am not quick by nature. And so my biggest fear is that, you know, here these guys are going at it, you know, 150%. And, you know, I'm just standing there with my camera and they come flying in and then one of them gets hurt because I'm slow as molasses. And then, you know, then my second priority is I didn't want to get hurt. And so I didn't, I did not want to be there. And so it took me, you know, a little while just to kind of get comfortable enough with, you know, the ring movement and what they're doing and how, you know, and, and you know, their competitive nature and, and how things play out and kind of, you know, you can kind of see that stuff, you know, just kind of learning and growing that way. And then getting in there, you know, n- understanding like, where's the best place to be and how is it, how is it, you know, shooting it and everything else like that. Um, you know, and then once we did that, then um, Anthony and I, he's the guy who does the ring cam now, um, you know, trying to figure out, uh, the aperture um, and the color uh, balance, the white balance and stuff for the cameras and things, you know, because as soon as you move the camera in there, everything changes. You know, if you zoom in a little bit and your aperture closes, it doesn't let as much light in. Okay, well, now it's too dark. Well, now if you zoom out and the aperture opens up a little bit, now all of a sudden it's too bright, you know. So finding those balances and finding out what settings work and everything else like that, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, it could be something um, where it, the number of people that are there or even what they're wearing on a given night, you know, like the, the balance of the light and, uh, you know, the you know, everything else that happens, like everything affects everything else. And so um, kind of understanding that and seeing how those things work together in a concert, like it's a constant learning experience. And so, you know, every week it looks a little bit different. Every week we try to get a little bit better. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that I think has been most interesting about doing these best of shows lately is, you know, you can see stuff from our first show and then you see stuff from our last show. And it's like, it's the same people involved. It's the same equipment involved for the most part. And, um, but it looks so much different just because we're just kind of learning and problem solving and everything else on a, on a weekly basis. And, you know, uh, working with Brian and working with Cody and working with Corey and things like that, it's just been, you know, a true pleasure because it's very, you know, collegial and you know, we're just trying to figure out what's the best way to, um, put out shockwave what's the best what's going to help fgw the most what's going to you know put out the best product what's going to make it most interesting for the fans and you know the best for them to see and that kind of thing and so you know it's just little tweaks and little you know changes here and there you know one week somebody might bring in a 
piece of equipment that uh, we didn't have before that they found at an auction or, you know, I find something on eBay or something, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now we can do this and this and this that we couldn't do before. And it makes it that much better. So. Oh, that's, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. They're just FGW. They've only, they've only been around for a year and Mm -hmm. you're pretty much as the, federation as promotion mm-hmm. grows you're growing with them as mm-hmm. well so mm-hmm. that's 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 amazing right there mm-hmm. yeah i think it's very um you know they always say that i make them look good but obviously like there's only so much i can do if they weren't doing what they do i couldn't do what i do and if i don't do what i do they can, you know what i mean it's it's very yeah. uh symbiotic in that way you know and so um you know, I'm not coming from any sort of like, you know, major, you know, independent wrestling background or anything like that. I'm coming at this from a very, you know, different angle. You know, I grew up watching wrestling and stuff like that, but hadn't really been, you know, keeping up with it over the years and stuff. And so like, you know, it took me a little while to kind of get used to it and comfortable and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, and just trying to figure out, you know, like I said, what's the, what's the best way to promote them. And, and again, it comes down to a time thing too. You know, it's like, obviously this is just something I'm doing, you know, on the side, you know, cause I, you know, love working with these guys and, you know, love working with FGW and I love doing that. I mean, it's just a fun creative outlet and things like that, but, you know, obviously it's not my full-time job. So it's kind of like, you know, what's the, what's the best thing that we can do with the time and resources we have available. And, you know, obviously we could always do more and we could always do better, but, you know, sometimes there's just limitations on, you know, time and resources that, you know, we have to fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like with FCW Friday, Fridays, they have shows mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you pretty much, you pretty much record everything. Mm-hmm. And then, over the weekend or, or during that time period, mm-hmm. you pretty much go through the footage and you piece together because mm-hmm. one one thing I like about how everything's pieced together, how you piece everything together is mm-hmm. you piece everything together story storyline-wise. You take mm-hmm. everything here and there and you have that story that's mm-hmm. you're telling and mm-hmm. also showing what the match is. And then you're throwing in other matches here and there in between that mm-hmm. fills that story that's continuing but you also it showcases the talent there at fgw Mm -hmm. and one one of the things i like is how you've uh, how i've i mentioned this on the the last few weeks but Mm. what i like is how you piece everything together when just the angles and how it's cut Mm -hmm. because from the hard cam what i've noticed Mm -hmm. what i like is from the hard cam you got action going on, and when they're about to do a move or they execute a move, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you got the camera guy on the, on the ground there, and it cuts mm-hmm. right to it, and it's just pieced together. Mm-hmm. And that's the, one of the first things I've, I've mm-hmm. noticed because over the years talking to independent film directors and producers mm-hmm. on on my show, just mm-hmm. hearing how they talk about editing and cut and stuff. So when mm-hmm. I watch a movie. I I started noticing things, and then mm-hmm. when I watch FGW at first, I'm like, wow! I was like, it's this is shot really good and high def. I've not seen a show like this. And then right. I'm watching the matches; mm-hmm. they're coming off the ropes or doing something, and then mm-hmm. while they're executing it, then you're right there, mm-hmm. and you catch it. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow! Yeah, I I, let's piece together how well. Yeah, uh, my team. I mean, I, I say my team. It's it, it's basically Anthony and me. You know, we're doing the filming. So I usually run the hard cam, and then Anthony's in the ring. Well, you know, Anthony's got a background, like he's you know training it with with Cody and things like that. So um, I think he intuitively knows you know where to be and when and things like that. Like he understands kind of like you know like every match has its ebb and flow. You know, and you can kind of tell you know whether it's the the crowd or um just kind of like the the wrestlers you know um 
you know, energy level, facial expression, things like that. You can, you know, there's, there's always an ebb and flow to a match. And so I think that, you know, we, we sense that and we understand it and, um, you know, can try to capture, you know, you know, what's going to happen. You know, it's like, you know, when they're up on the top rope and they're, you know, doing the 10, you know, the 10 count and they get to punch nine or whatever, you know, you know, something's yeah. obviously they're not going to be staying there much longer. So it's time to start moving and it's time to start, you know, adjusting and things like that. But, um, yeah, even then, it's like, that's something that takes time, you know, and so when you're looking at, what have we done, 25 episodes, 20, somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, like, it's just a, a matter of, you know, I, the software I use, Premiere Pro, you, I just dump the footage in there, it lines it up based on the audio, it syncs it up, and so then I just do like a, basically a video switcher, like one and two on the keyboard, and it just switches back and forth, which I didn't have that originally, and so it saved me a ton of time, but, um, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when somebody goes up for a suplex, or you see somebody going up, I can see anthony's angle and i can see my angle and i can pick and choose which one's going to be the best one for the shot we're going for and um you know at, at first um like i said it was a learning experience for me it was a learning experience for anthony um a lot of times it's okay well what shot isn't blurry <laughs> that's the shot we went with <laughs> and so um you know what shot doesn't suck completely and like, that's what we went you know so we went with the one that was the the you know whatever and sometimes the guys would be like hey is there any way we can like you know make it so it's not blurry here i'm like yeah if we knew what we were doing none of it would be blurry <laughs> but we're trying to just, we're trying to figure this out here you know and so you know and especially um you know just I, what i've noticed is in watching like you know the high-end you know professional wrestling the wcw wwe matches and you know they went that hard cam way more than i thought they did you know when i've gone back and watched some of their matches they stay on the hard cam a lot they just have much more space you know stretch out and you know zoom in as necessary and things like that and so i think that's you know sometimes that's to our benefit because we're there, you know, I'm, I'm doing the hard cam and I'm still only, only 10 to 15 feet away, you know, and then Anthony's literally like two feet, you know, so it's, I think it allows us to get some really cool things that you may not otherwise get to see. Yeah. Dad, that's, that's amazing how he he's down there and like mm -hmm. you said just getting the shots and then you're going through looking at looking at the hard cam mm -hmm. shots and you're looking mm -hmm. at his shots and just mm -hmm. trying to line up everything and mm -hmm. i i think that's I, I think it's really great that he's trained and mm -hmm. he kind of knows okay i'm going to be over here yeah. for this shot i'm going to mm -hmm. get here for this shot and then you got your footage and it it, it works it works so well it, it does yeah and he's you know like i said when when i first started doing the shockwave episodes and he was on the the ring cam and everything else because early on like the hard cam was just sitting by itself and then i did the ring cam and so then when when anthony came in i found myself using the hard cam and then cutting to anthony's when i could or when it worked and then as he's grown and he's he's gotten better i stick with his camera as much as humanly possible and then when i need to pull back to get more of what's happening then i pull back to mine so i would say it's an interesting over the over the episodes of shockwave the percentage of hard cam versus ringside cam you know it was much higher as far as the hard cam was concerned and then um you know, as weeks went on, it's much more of a percentage of the ring cam and then the hard cam, you know, I'll use it as sparingly as possible. Right. Right. That's, that's, a, that's amazing. Again, I just, just, and even, even the sound I've, mm -hmm. I've noticed because you, you dabbled with, mm -hmm. with sound and mm -hmm. as the progression of the episodes, I've noticed mm -hmm. it just, it's, it's grown. And mm -hmm. you've you've grown too, like as you mentioned with mm -hmm. with how the promotion has grown within yeah. the last year. And someone said to me, I I mentioned him. I said, I said you can check out FGW Shockwave. Mm -hmm. And so they checked that episode. They said, man, they've been they've been around for a while. I was like, no, they've only been no. around a year. And it was like, well, the well, man, they got all the all the you know the right things to shoot it and stuff. I was like, yeah, but. Mm -hmm. If you look at uh, you look at all the footage and how they do it, they got it set right, and it has that mm -hmm. old studio setting, which I've right. mentioned before. That's mm -hmm. 
I, I love that. So mm-hmm. you said growing up when you watching wrestling back in the day and like you said like WCW mm-hmm. and did you watch did you watch any of the uh, NWA did you watch any of that um a little bit but very 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 sparingly just because of access and things like that um right. no and it, like um I I primarily watched I would say like midnight I mean I I grew up watching you know Saturday night main event and stuff like that when I was sleeping over at friends houses and things yeah. um but then definitely like I would say mid to late 90s early 2000s you know that's when I was you know into it probably most of all or whatever I still remember going I lived out in Oakland California for a while and went to a WCW Thunder taping back in the uh, Goldberg you know days and things like that and that was just a phenomenal experience but then I've been to you know house shows at the air arena and went to you know one of the Brian Pillman shows in the late 90s and things I mean it's just you know and but then like just you know, life happens or whatever. And honestly, when, when WCW got bought out by WWE and I just, I didn't really make that transition and it was just not for me anymore. And I kind of just like had outgrown it and things. And when I met up with, um, you know, Brian and Cody and the FGW guys, you know, one of the things I love about FGW is it is very, like old school like it's got that vibe to it um yeah and it's very traditional and i really i love that you know and i think the fan it resonates with the fans too i mean i think um you know we're kind of all on the same page as far as like you know what wrestling is what wrestling can be what it should be you know what it's for you know all those things and you know and, and not that what other organizations do is wrong or anything like that it's just it's just whatever your preference is and whatever your taste is and you know i'm just really i just i really like where like the kind of like the niche that fgw finds itself in as far as like a good balance between you know kind of old school wrestling and you know newer talent and things like that so yeah i that's that's one thing i enjoyed the most is the old school feel to it, the old school mm-hmm. storylines. You got bad, you got classic good guys, classic bad guys, just the formula. It's mm-hmm. nothing nothing new that they've not been telling or doing in professional wrestling for years. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they pretty much stick to that there, which I, I think is great. And mm-hmm. you said that, you know, uh, Brian Levick, the mm-hmm. owner of... Uh, future great wrestling he he's also the owner of future great comics how mm-hmm. how how long and how how did you meet brian levick how did that's that yeah and that's actually how i got involved in fgw i mean it's it's when i tell people that i do this they just kind of like laugh and look at me weird like they just don't understand how you know like a, an english teacher that's working on his doctorate at miami and things like that films wrestling on the weekends it's kind of like this alter ego i guess um you know, so um but uh but yeah I, I went into future great comics like i want to say it wasn't that long ago maybe two years ago two and a half at most or something over the summer just to kind of check it out and see like you know there was a couple of books that you know i i collected comics and like maybe 2005 through 2007 and then i just kind of stopped and so um but there was a couple books that looked interesting that i thought maybe i'd pick up so i went in to see and you know and brian is just he's an amazing small business owner you know like his connection and ability to build you know relationships with his clientele is is really phenomenal like i've gone into a number of comic shops and had zero relationships with people and either not that they're condescending but there's just this kind of vibe like i just never felt like i belonged there or anything like that and like the minute i walked into you know future great comics it was like i felt like i belonged there you know he really he was interested in in who i was and what i was doing there what i you know what books i was interested in if he could help with anything you know he was very 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 personable um and and that resonated really well with me and so um you know just over time going to the shop buying comics different things like that you know we talked about you know the fact that i taught a media class he's like oh by the way you know do you think some of your kids might be interested in helping out like we're doing this wrestling promotion you know and um that was you know like and (laughs) the the kids being interested in it turned into 
they were not, but I still wanted to help Brian out. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll help it, you know, and do whatever. Um, did I predict and or know how much time and energy I was going to ultimately invest in it? No, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and there's, there's times where I'm like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I do love it. And it's, it's been, it's been fun. You know I mean? It's, it's definitely a time commitment. Um, and it's definitely a, an energy commitment, but you know, I, I definitely don't regret, you know, being involved with it. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, like I said, Brian's great to work with. Cody's great to work with. All, all the wrestlers are, are great to work with and stuff. Um, you know, I, you know, just when, when it, when push comes to shove, like if I didn't enjoy the people at FGW, I, I would just walk away. You know I mean? It's not, right. you know, like I said, I'm doing this because I want to do it. Um, and I'm doing it cause you know, because of them, you know, and cause you know, they appreciate me and I appreciate what they're trying to do. Um, and I want to see where we can take it. Um, but it, you know, at the end of the day, like they're all just phenomenal people that, you know, I, I love seeing on a weekly basis. And that's been one of the worst parts about this, you know, stay at home, you know, order and things like that is, is not getting to hang out with them, you know, on a weekly basis. Cause yeah. you know, they've definitely become, you know, f- you know, friends and family, you know, and sometimes friends and family, you know, argue and stuff and they disagree. Obviously the, the wrestlers settle that in the ring a lot of times, but, uh, um, you know, like I just don't air them or uh you know cut all their good shots out or something like that if i have a beef but um you know but for the most part like you know i I definitely miss those guys and miss working with them and stuff like that yeah i i know they're all they're all pretty much itching to get back in the ring and Mm -hmm. things are starting starting to slowly get back to some Mm -hmm. kind of normal normal Mm -hmm. pace and normal for everybody i know down in here they've they're starting to slowly open things up here in Daytona mm-hmm. Beach. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the wrestling promotions that live like five minutes from me, mm-hmm. or, or about fifteen minutes from me, they mm-hmm. they've ran their la- they ran their first show in probably since since we had the state mm-hmm. had a lockdown. They ran mm-hmm. it last weekend and mm-hmm. it did really good. And then mm-hmm. this upcoming weekend, they're they're running another one, which um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be checking out. But yeah. are they doing it with fans and everything? From from what from what I understand, yeah, they mm-hmm. they're doing wow. it with fans, but I I don't know how mm-hmm. they're, they're doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go check it out next weekend just mm-hmm. to see what how mm-hmm. they how they're gonna be running things mm-hmm. and how everything right. is. But yeah. but um, I am curious about that. But I've been mm-hmm. itching myself to go see live wrestling, man. Right, I just I'm just want to get out. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling that first show back when we're allowed to be at capacity or whatever, you know, that looks like, um, I have a feeling that's going to be a hot ticket. You know, I think the, you know, the FGW fans are very dedicated and very loyal. Um, you know, you see the same people week after week and, you know, you talk to them during intermission or after the show and stuff like that. And they're very dedicated to FGW and, you know, they have a really strong bond and relationship, um, with the wrestlers and with each other and things. And so that, that community, I mean, you know, that's one of the things we've tried to put out some new content weekly, you know, with some of these, you know, best of shows and some of the, the skits and, you know, bits and stuff that the wrestlers are putting together. Um, just because like we just miss that connection and the fans miss that connection. So trying to do stuff, you know, I know this weekend, um, they're doing uh, FGW bingo. <laughs> That's yeah. been they've been promoting that and you know things like that. And I know they're planning on doing some sort of like live auction or something at some point. And so, you know, it's just it's just fun. You know what I mean? Like I don't think any of these guys would do it, and I, I know I wouldn't do it. I don't think if, if it wasn't fun. You know, it's it's got to be fun first. Um, you know, and obviously there's sacrifices to be made and there's there's pain to be felt and things like that. But you know, fun has to be at the center of all this because otherwise it's just not worth it. Yeah, that's I I agree. It ha, it has to be fun. And since you mentioned about how they've putting stuff together mm-hmm. for the fans, I enjoyed mm-hmm. I enjoyed that uh, 
social uh, social distancing um, video together, how it was put together and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you had a hand in that. I, actually, <laughs> on that one, I just had to um, I just had to put that into Shockwave. Um, that was actually done by. There's a couple of people that as as we've gotten bigger and done the social distancing and stuff. You know, there's only so much that I can do from home and and things. Right. So um, there's actually a few people that have done some of those. Um, you know, videos and things like that. And, uh, and they do a fantastic job and things. So, um, you know, and so like, it's, it's definitely been a team effort, you know, and, and some, some of the guys are really good at, um, you know, putting some of those videos together and organizing the wrestlers and, you know, getting those guys together and and doing those like that. I don't, I don't know what they're all called, the different challenges and stuff, but, um, those, I'm I'm glad I did not have to edit some of those. Let's put it like that because they were definitely they would definitely be challenging. You know, especially when you're taking different technology and different you know people's different footage and you know like you know somebody might have been shooting on an iPhone and somebody else might have been shooting on an Android and somebody else might have been shooting on an iPad or something like taking all that and putting it all together like they did a phenomenal job. So yeah, my my hats off to them. Yeah, that is that is um that is amazing how how they put that all together. I mm-hmm. I really did enjoy that right there. How mm-hmm. everything was put together like that. I I, I was laughing my butt off, man, because I was mm-hmm. like, they're having a good time, and this is mm-hmm. something that people will look back and watch and enjoy themselves. They, they mm-hmm. definitely they definitely will enjoy that. And, Agreed. And and I think you know so even some of those like messages to fans that they did where it was less less fun, more serious. You know, just some of the heartfelt messages and stuff. Like, you know, when I'm editing, you know, Shockwave and things, and those are getting put together. Like, you know, I'm getting emotional editing, and how the wrestlers were getting emotional filming, and the fans were getting emotional. You know, it's you know wrestling allows for all of those emotions to be expressed and you know and um, produced, and it becomes a little cathartic. But I think. I think everybody needed that. I think the wrestlers needed to communicate with the fans. And I think the fans needed to hear that from the wrestlers. And, you know, again, that, that community and that bond is, is really, really, really strong. And so, you know, trying to make sure that it gets maintained, you know, during this time is, is super, super, super important. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it is important because fans, <laughs> fans from, from what I've seen from FGW shockwave, just, the fans that come in there and they've they enjoy it man they enjoy it Mm -hmm. and watching all the footage without the commentary and hearing the fans reaction the fans get like behind it oh yeah and Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing that they're in hamilton with having fgw because i've i mentioned this before on uh previous episodes when i talked to fgw talent that Mm -hmm. when robin robin nelson sent to me a thing about when it was first starting up and there were some problems and there was a petition. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I signed that petition to mm-hmm. make sure future great wrestling can run. And mm-hmm. it, it worked out great. And mm-hmm. you know, the rest is pretty much history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a, it was definitely an interesting, you know, I was on the periphery of things at that point and stuff like that. And it was, it was interesting how all that went down. And I think, um, honestly, like, it was almost like a forged in fire moment. And I think it did solidify a lot of um, the bond that was there. It wasn't just, here's this wrestling organization. Let's go check it out. I mean, it's like people had to like fight for it. And so I think it gave a lot of people ownership of it and from the start, you know, and I think it, it helped a lot of people kind of buy into it and things like that. And I feel like the, the Hamilton community does support the, you know, FGW at this point and, you know, other organizations and things like that, you know, the fans, you know, again, FGW is my only experience with independent wrestling, but just in talking with, you know, some of the some of the fans and some of the people that come in from out of town and things like that, they're always singing, you know, FGW's praises and things and, you know, saying like, this is definitely, you know, the place to be, you know, it's, it's definitely a, an amazing, you know, production value. It's amazing, you know, arena setting. It's amazing, you know, like everything is geared towards making the fan experience like as good as humanly possible, you know, and, and the, the wrestlers are accessible and they are amazing with the, the kids that come in and it's a very family friendly environment and things like that. Like, you know, I just, I can't, you know, obviously I'm there anyway, filming and stuff like that, but 
if I wasn't, I would definitely be attending as, as often as possible just because, um, you know, it's, it's just such a fun, you know, two and a half hour show they put on. Like it's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's almost hard to believe that they're able to do that on a weekly basis, you know, just put out high quality content, high quality stories, like high quality, you know, action, um, you know, connection with the fan and, you know, not have it be stale and, and have it keep going and be powerful and be fun and be entertaining week after week after week. It's just, it's a consistently good product, you know, just week in and week out. Mm-hmm. It is, and I, I, again, I can't wait for Future Great Wrestling to get back up, and mm-hmm. you get out there, you and Anthony, and just mm-hmm. start, start recording and uh, putting together some great episodes. And mm-hmm. before we start winding this down here, mm-hmm. wanna got a couple of um, non FGW questions to ask okay. you here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You mentioned going to Future Great Comics, being a fan of mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do you what do you uh, what have you been reading? Um, what's the latest thing you've been re- reading? Or I'm keep <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely all over the place with my uh, comic collection. Um, but uh, actually, like I would say, um, you know, Batman is definitely my favorite comic book hero by far. Um, and so, you know, just been trying to keep up with it. You know, the uh, detective comics for sure, and then. You know, some of the the stuff that DC's been putting out lately has been really interesting. Like, I really like their deceased storyline, you know, and, um, you know, some of the things they did with, like, Event Leviathan and stuff. Like, I I enjoyed reading those. Um, You know, I've been trying to branch out a little bit into some of the independent stuff. But, you know, like I said, I'm all over the place. Um, You know, I'm a big Star Wars nerd and everything else like that. So I was collecting Star Wars comics for a while. And, you know, I was collecting... um, Spider 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 Man's my my second favorite character, and so between Batman and Spider Man, I've got my hands full. But you know, obviously, you branch out and stuff. So um, my my comics are lined up over in this direction. I won't show you because it's I'm in the again staying at home is not fun for me, and so I'm going through a reorg, and so it's just a mess over here of just different stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty much like there for a while i did collect i did collect comic books there mm-hmm. when i was a kid i i pretty much had different different uh different mm-hmm. issues and different stuff i was when i was about 11 12 actually yeah i was about no 12 13 mm-hmm. thor thor mm-hmm. thor was my favorite i had issue 432 where mm-hmm. thor kills loki and he gets banished to uh mephisto and mm-hmm. then eric masters becomes the new thor but it's in with the mind of Eric Masters. Mm-hmm. I I had the issues after you know at that mm-hmm. and then afterwards and then mm-hmm. they're about about two thousand about two thousand five two thousand six. I jumped back in to actually you know two thousand four to to about mm-hmm. two thousand seven. I jumped back into collecting collecting comics again and there for a while I was I was buying like different ones and i forget which mm-hmm. story arc was going on and, and mm-hmm. it would be in this comic and you have to buy this comic and that mm-hmm. one and yeah i i was like man i can't keep up with this because then i'm wanting to get into mm-hmm. this and this and so i i quit collecting for a while mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. about the only thing i do read with comics now is i i love graphic novels mm-hmm. I, I love those i haven't picked it up and read it yet but mm-hmm. I figured this would be a good time to do it in between everything going on. I got the Fight Club 2 graphic, oh, cool. the hardback nice. cover. Nice. Very and, cool. That'd, that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I need to check that out, actually. I've been, I have a tendency to buy more than I read, and so a lot of times lately I've been, uh, you know, I've got this stack. I'm like, I need to read that, and then it gets daunting, and so I'm like, I'll do it later. And, you know, I like to read a whole storyline at once if I can help it kind of thing. But, but yeah, I was definitely in into comics around that same time, like that 2004 to 2007. And, yeah, like um, that was when they were doing, I know, House of M and, and, you know, with some of the X-Men and stuff. And then they did Civil War right around then, too. And so, like, yeah, that's when it kind of got, got a little crazy as far as, like, I'm like, I don't know who these characters are, but I'm going to buy it just because it's connected and i'm like i had to take a step back at that point for you know financial and time reasons yeah. and things. but uh but yeah so then i got back into it with brian and you know it kind of exploded a little bit again or whatever and some of my tastes have changed but um 
you know, dialing back a little bit. But, you know, I, I like collecting some of the comics from the sh I was just reading um, some of the Stranger Things comics and stuff like that because I love Stranger Things. And, you know, just I like being them being able to kind of focus on different aspects of the universe without having to go to too much trouble and things like that. So it's just it's just a nice, fun escape, you know, for a little bit of time on a daily basis or whatever. Yeah, it it is. It is. And I... I have the collection. I didn't get the newest one because I mm -hmm. think it's out or it's been out of Kick-Ass. Mm -hmm. I have the Kick-Ass mm -hmm. collection, man. Mm -hmm. I loved I love the Kick-Ass collection. I love the mm -hmm. story and I was been been a fan of the movies, the two movies mm -hmm. they put out, but that was that's one collection there and then there was different ones I'd pick up there. For a while there mm -hmm. I had the Hell the Hellblazer uh graphic novels. Those, yeah, those I've, I've got a few of the comics for sure, and and that's the thing. Like, I I do have a tendency to go off of things that I've watched on TV. Like, you know, Umbrella Academy was amazing, and I would love to go back and pick up some of those. But it's like, do I really want to invest the time and energy and money that goes into that? Um, you know, Preacher, I watched that. You know, really, I loved that show, and you know, I would love to go back and get the comics. But again, it's like it's you know after you've you know obviously they've gone through so many issues and stuff even even walking dead or whatever i've i've collected you know all of those either in compendium or single issues and things like that and i would like to go back and get them all as single issues but you know the time and energy and money that <laughs> that would require is way outside of you know a teacher salary for sure oh yeah yeah it is <laughs> i know which is pretty cool is you can yeah you can buy like the whole section of right. the storylines they have mm -hmm. i have one of them i think for, mm -hmm. like for the first one which mm -hmm. had the first uh i believe it was like the five issues the first five mm -hmm. or six issues or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. but i've always wanted to go back and get like the the one that just has the whole like you know the whole yeah. story of that section through mm -hmm. the through the comics yeah story. yeah half price books was my friend on that one so i think there's like the there's three compendium i have the first three compendiums and that's i think the first hundred and 40 issues or something like that all you know broken up or whatever but even then i wouldn't have wanted to pay full price for that so luckily i was able to get it at half price books and save myself a little bit of uh money on that one so that's that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it it does it does get expensive though but mm -hmm. it's it's so good it's so yeah. good. It's like mm -hmm. it gets addicting there at times, and you're like, hey, I got to step away from this for mm -hmm. a minute. <laughs> right, I know. And you know they'll come back to certain you know angles and storylines eventually anyway, so you can always you know take a breather and come back to it. But, you know, it's, it's, it is kind of – I mean, and that's kind of how I operate. It's like I'm on these different ends of the spectrum, you know. So, like, I'll go from, you know, working on my dissertation to working on an episode of Shockwave, and I'll go from reading, you know, some sort of, like – you know, critical media literacy book that I'm using for my research. And then right below it is, you know, an, an issue of, you know, I don't know, Savage Avengers or something like that. You know, and so, you know, I just, I like, I like being balanced and well-rounded with all of that stuff because if you're too far on either of those sides, I think you're in for a bad time. So, you know, yeah. I, I like having that, that sort of duality and sort of balance in my life for sure. Nice. That's excellent. I do. I do want to thank you for mm -hmm. taking time out today and, and coming so on here and, and discussing FGW Shockwave, discussing comics. This is this has been great. I've I've enjoyed it, and um, I know you you're on you're on social media. Uh, mm -hmm. You want to plug any social media of yourself? And um, I'm I'm good for myself, but I will recommend everybody go out and you know follow the face you know Facebook page for FGW because they're they're always posting new content. You know, Jackson Breeze is as much as him and I don't get along sometimes. Like he's always posting his weekly updates, and uh, um, you know, and uh, the guys are putting out their promos and stuff on a weekly basis and things. So definitely follow Future Great Wrestling on Facebook. Um, you know, and I know we've been trying to get a, a bigger presence on you know um, you know Twitter and Instagram, different things like that. Trying to do some new stuff. I think you're going to see uh, some new things when we start to. You know, one of the things that happens when you're on break like this is you know the ideas can start to flow and you actually have time to do some things um, and make some changes and stuff so I think you're going to start to see some different things so you know just stay tuned into FGW stuff and you know just um, you know keep tuning in you know like share and subscribe like you know it's 
word of mouth is is critical for us. And so, you know, just if everybody shares it out with the friends that they have and say, hey, check this out. Like, you know, I, I love the fact that we have people in Florida and we have people in California. We have people out of the country, you know, watching FGW. I mean, it's it's great. And so, you know, it's it's it'd be awesome just to keep expanding that fan base and you know, so just uh, yeah, follow FGW, and well, <laughs> that'll be good enough for me. So, excellent, excellent. Again, I wanna wanna thank you for coming, taking time out today, and coming on. And of course, FGW Shockwave every Wednesday, seven every Wednesday. p.m. 7 p.m. So we have, I just finished the rough cut for this week's episode. So, you know, tune in and we've got another good best of this week and we'll have uh, best of's for the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. And we'll see what happens from there. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you. for coming on. And that's pretty much it for the Everett Lee show. And next week on the program, I have a couple great guests that's lined up. I will be talking with later on this week with Cody Hawk, a future great wrestling. Keep up to date with what Everly does on Podcasting Network, your top source for independent podcasting. Head over to podcasting.net for great content and great shows over on the website. Hit them up on Facebook, Podcasting Network. Give them a thumbs up and a follow. Send them a tweet over on Twitter at Net. Subscribe to their YouTube channel for video podcast over on Podcast City Network and on Twitch, Podcast City Network. You want more Everett Lee? Then hit me up on Facebook. Give me a thumbs up and a follow, Everett Lee Show. Twitter, at the Everett Lore Score Lee. Instagram, Everett Lee Show. And audio portions of this podcast and previous release podcast. Head over to YouTube, the Everett Lee Show, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Podbeam and iHeartRadio. Everyone, have a good week. We'll see you again next time for another episode of your release show. When I need a logo or graphic design done to make my shit stand out from all the rest, I use Three Count Design. Three Count Design offers a wide range of graphic design products, video photography, and other forms of media. Everything from t-shirt designs to websites. For more information, head over to facebook.com slash three count design. That is facebook.com slash three count design. When I want to kick back a few cold ones with my friends, I head over to City Limits Tap Room. City Limits Tap Room has a wide selection of TVs to watch your favorite sports, indoor and outdoor seating, and they are pet friendly. City Limits Tap Room also has food made fresh to order, and the grilled cheese is excellent. I recommend the grilled cheese and the apple pie cider with fries on the side can't go wrong with that baby for more information for upcoming events head over to facebook.com slash city limits tap room 